About what? Exactly. favorite listeners out there and you all know who you are if you're listening to this you're our favorite listener <laughs> sounds like bullshit it totally is but yeah this is about what i am one of your hosts ty i'm here with my co-host justin that would be me how, how are you doing this evening i'm doing pretty good uh all things considered i feel like i've spent all day in doctor's offices because i've spent all day in doctor's offices now why were you in doctor's offices I'm getting shots. I had to go uh, do a follow-up uh, breathing test this morning for one of my medications. I have to do one. Well, if you made it there, you were breathing, right? Well, that's just that they just want to see, oh, how, how much can you breathe? And so the whole process is basically to torture you by having you breathe into this little tube. You're supposed to take a huge breath, put your mouth on the tube, blow out as hard as you can until you have nothing left to give, and then keep trying to blow for 10 seconds beyond that. So what was your blood alcohol content? Um, Where is that? Waning. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I, it wasn't impressive by any means. So basically you're going to the doctor for blowjobs. Yeah, I blew into a tube. Yeah, you're giving the blowjobs. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Because mm -hmm. at the very end, you're supposed to suck as hard as you can to fill your lungs again. They just kind of measure how much you're pushing out versus how much you're taking in. So what did you score compared to what your normal oh, average is? My, my, my lungs suck. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the lady conducting it's like, um, do you, have you ever smoked or do you, do you smoke? I said, do you think it would help? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe you could start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you never know. I mean, it could, there are those uh, strange cases where abuse helps. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it, it may trick your lungs into thinking they have it harder than they really do. Mm -hmm. And that, that way they will get off their ass and, and actually do their job. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is coming from somebody that really knows how to motivate people too. So I, I really take that to heart. Are you talking about me? Yes, you you really think I know how to motivate people? Yeah, you know how to manage people. I I don't know if I can agree with you on that. Well, then we'll disagree. Because my, I mean, obviously you worked yeah with and for me for quite a while, mm -hmm. and so you'd be a better judge of that than I. Um, my honest opinion of that is that was my weakest point is managing people because. I expect, you know, you're at a job and we're working with so-called adults, right? That mm -hmm. have families and, you know, they've raised yeah. kids. They, you know, yeah. running a family, whether you have kids or just a wife mm -hmm. or house, cars, whatever, it is a business. Yes, I mean, you've got to know, you know, how to make it through life, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my biggest issue was, is I always assumed everyone coming in, you know, and I treated everyone like an equal too, you know, not like I was a superb boss because everybody's a manager in their own lives. Yeah. And oh boy, oh boy, by God, was I wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how most of the people that work for me, I'm not saying all of them, 
but how but some of them function. I don't know how they even ran their own lives. <laughs> yeah. You know, True. unless that took everything out of them. And so they had to come to work to recoup. I, yeah. I, I don't really know, but I always, you know, it makes me feel good that you say that, mm-hmm. but I always thought that was my weakest point. I think that more reflects on uh, the people that you had working for you rather than you as a, well, I, I just, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that expects you to do your job, expects you to, when you're in a certain area of your job, learn it and go above and beyond because it's your job. Mm-hmm. But I found myself many a times just taking, and this is the wrong way to manage, but, you know, I, I thought I delegated well for certain things, but a lot of things, it just finally I'm like, screw it, I'll do it. Because I want it to get done right. This reflects on me, no one else, you know. And that's unfortunately the way I looked at a lot of things, you know. Yeah, I can understand that. But it helped. It helped me be successful doing what I was doing, you know. It just took a lot out of me. But I I think at the end of the day, you know, considering, you know, what I know about the place I worked for for almost 22 years, you know. And, you know, I can say this, not patting myself on the back or anything like that. But I can say this with the surety for every year I was in charge was better than the previous year. And that's hard to do. And I pride myself on it. And of course now through the grapevine, through my other contacts, find out they're Mm -hmm. saying people like me ruined it and people like you and other people that don't work there anymore. And I guess it's the thing you do, you know, blame the previous guy, right? Yeah. Blame them. You know, that's the funny thing is, is I leave and we have X amount of profit, but I, you know, and now here it is a couple of years later and they have no profit. Yeah. But somehow that's your fault. Yeah. Somehow that's my fault. I, and I guess maybe ultimately it is because if Cause I wouldn't have left. left. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess maybe I should take the blame. True. You know, but yeah, I, I don't miss managing people. You know, now I have my own home business as, as you're well aware. <laughs> and my wife and my son work for me and, <laughs> And I'm I'm probably bitchier to them than I should be. Not even probably. I know I am, and I probably take liberties with that that I wouldn't with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserve better. They do. Okay. And I've been working on that. So yeah. I wouldn't. Even, that's not. It's not like I'm yelling at them or anything. I just because oh, that's how I am. I'm well, I know you are. I sit there and yell at them all the time, like heck. But I've fully decided after of you know I wouldn't say not super old, but you know, I've been working for about 30 years now plus, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. And I think it, I think the best thing to do if you can do it is just be independently wealthy Mm -hmm. without doing anything. Yeah, exactly. To me, that's kind of the goal. Mm -hmm. And that way you understand politics and everything that happens because once you, or in that position, you have more money that you can handle and you're not doing anything for it. Mm-hmm. It's easy to be a pompous ass and not worry about anybody else. And that's where I want to be. Yeah, exactly. And you, uh, this is when you get to a point where you, you don't have to worry about your financial growth because you just, you can sit there and let your, uh, all of your wealth sit in a bank account and just, you know, go down and take a, a, a draw a withdrawal every month based off of the interest. Well, you know, the thing is though, if you end up sick or something bad happens in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and 
you, you lose a child or yeah. a spouse or something like and that. And you can go buy another one. <laughs> yeah. No, but what I was going to say is, yeah. does any of that really matter? You know, if you're Jeff Bezos or yeah. Bill Gates or whatever. I'm sure he could buy a lot of families. He could. Probably but, has. but what good, you know, money doesn't really buy you health, though. I mean, no. a lot of that's just the card you draw. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a fine line, and I, I'm trying to learn. The thing is, is you know, I'm super busy now. Yeah, busier than I ever was in a lot of ways. But it, but it's more pleasant because I'm with the people I want to be with, and mm-hmm. and I don't really get tired of them. Yeah, you know, and so that's a good thing. But you know, you learn real quick that money doesn't make much difference. You know, true. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I've always kind of considered. Um, <clears throat> the work that I do is not really my uh, my calling in life, if that makes sense. Is most of it, though? I it, mean, it, it are like, many people's work their calling? Well, some people, they really, you know, jump in one, you know, with both hands, and that's just, it yeah. consumes them. But don't you think that's pretty rare, that you're going to find somebody that's doing yeah. exactly what they want to do? I, I would yeah. be willing to say 90% of the workforce mm-hmm. out there just working for money for a job exactly and, and, just something to pay the bills yeah and, and it then, could be something else yeah but, wait, and then when you get to your off time then you do a podcast yeah or, or you do your art you you do whatever it is that makes you you yeah do writing do reading do arithmetic long division i don't know many people that just sit and do arithmetic for fun but uh, i'm I, sure they're I've met a there. couple and they're strange people but yeah they've been interesting to have conversations with <laughs> yeah i bet yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think you have to have hobbies in life and hopefully that's what your you know your employment or whatever it is mm-hmm. is feeding that you know because i can't imagine hating your employment because there was days i didn't want to go to work there's no doubt about that sure. but i kind of enjoyed what i did for the most part yeah uh, it was the people, or some of the people, mm-hmm. I should say, that made it hard. True. Well, and some of the other people made it easier. So, yeah, you know, it, it, well, I, I know I'm not a morning person, so I was very difficult to work with. Not so. at all, because I'm not a morning person mm-hmm. either, so it was great. We didn't need to talk that often mm-hmm. until it got later in the day. Yeah, when we were both awake and, yeah. you know, had our sense of humor back. Yeah. <laughs> About four after I'd been at it for four hours, yeah. and it, it made the mornings go by quick, uh-huh. you know, because I was asleep most of them. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's kind of interesting what people do with their lives with uh, how we what, what we do with our day, our nine to five, or you know, and whether whatever shift you work for second, third. Um, yeah, it's uh. It's well, interesting how we spend our lives. You know, it's just like a lot of people have um, dreams to start their own business and stuff, which I've done. Yeah. And as much as I love it, I, I can I can say for one thing is it's not everything. Because, you know, when you're working for an employer, no matter how many hours you work, no matter how, you know, if you're in a position of management, no matter what's going on, you still come home and it's done and that's not part of you, even if you're doing work from home and stuff, which I did. But when it's your own business and it's everything, you you never separate yourself yeah. from it ever. And, mm-hmm. and you really can't. No. 
I mean, I'm sure there's certain kinds you can. Um, the type mine is, is, you know, we sell, obviously, car parts for old muscle cars and classic yeah. cars and trucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our website. Yes, okay. sir. <laughs> our website's open 24-7, so that's great because it's always working for you. That's right. But you can't just go for two days <laughs> and take off unless you've got plenty of people to take mm-hmm. care of it, you know. And Yeah, what do you do? Yeah. You know, those uh, orders need to be filled and packages need to be shipped. So that's the good and bad, right? Yeah. So sometimes having just a regular... Nine to five, or seven to five, or whatever the hell it is, you know, job. Sure. You come home, and no matter how invested you are in it, you can come home and be away from it for a minute, you know. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm on vacation right now, actually. This is really? uh, day one of our vacation. And where are you going on vacation tomorrow? Um, we are going to uh, Craters of the Moon up in Idaho, mm-hmm. and then uh, this weekend there we're going to catch them Idaho and probably up to Stanley, which is in Sun Valley. And we're going to go see the Sawtooth Mountains. And there's For a, a sheep festival up there. Sheep festival. Yeah. Adorable little happy sheep going for a parade. Now you are making sure to pack the Velcro gloves. And the sweatpants because sheep can hear a zipper. From oh yeah, a mile away. Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you get the wild ones, and they're yeah. they're they're not as you know they're not used to the sound of zippers and things mm-hmm. like that. But some of those that have been around people, you know, oh. the first time they hear a zipper, they're out. Oh yeah. They, they of course, then again, coming. some of them first time they hear a zipper, they come running to you. Oh, exactly. They so, don't know what that is. Maybe it's food. Yeah. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I'll joking aside, though, what do you do at a sheep festival? I have no idea. Oh, you've I, never been to one? No, and this, that's what's kind of exciting um, about it for me, is this is just a completely new adventure. You know, this is, I have the spirit of Jim Bridger. I don't know if I told you that. No. But I keep what's it in that have, What's that have um, to do with? Uh, well, because he was an explorer. An he adventurer, was. Always up to go and see something they hadn't seen before. But he didn't explore too far away. No, he he uh, he kind of kept to the Rockies. A lot of people say he founded this area. Yeah, I, I find that kind of humorous because it's like us Europeans and oh, German yeah. Americans and founded <laughs> America. You know, because there was nobody here before. No, there was a lot of grizzly bears. Yeah, and a lot of <laughs> oh, Native and, Americans. Yeah, and Shoshone, but, yeah. yeah, and Blackfoot and Navajo uh-huh. and Ute yeah. and all those guys that we eventually demolished and then just yeah. just rewrote history and said well, well we I found this land. Does, yeah <laughs> isn't it funny how history is essentially washed over like that oh absolutely eddie izzard has a, a really good comedy routine um are you familiar with eddie izzard um didn't he transition yeah well, to he, a woman well that's or is just he, he's a tr- transvestite oh so he wears women's clothes he's a, a male identifies as a male and wears women's clothes in fact i think he identifies as a heterosexual male really that wears women's clothes but that was his big thing was, yeah, i i think i've just seen him dressed as a woman and i didn't know if he transitioned or what the deal was there no but uh, he said that the um the british empire conquered the whole world um using a very 
interesting strategy of flags. They would uh, show up and plant their flag on foreign soil, and they'd say, I claim this land in the name of the King of England. And they'd say, well, you can't claim us. We live here. And he says, well, do you have a flag? <laughs> <laughs> and they say, no, you silly bug. We don't have a flag. He says, no flag, no country. It's against the rules that I've just made up. Then they'd bring the they bring the battalion in to exactly to enforce it yeah. to enforce anyone uh, you know yeah. fighting against it because at a certain point in time the British Empire was oh, the sun never uh, set on it. it was all over the world I mean even in the last hundred years exactly Britain has lost a lot of claimed area yes it has um, so they had India mm-hmm. they had Hong Kong in China. They didn't have all of China, they but they did have Hong Kong. Didn't they have Australia as well? Oh, they had all of Australia. Yeah. They still have Canada. It's still a commonwealth. Yeah, but it's really kind of slipping there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they're pretty well self-governed. They have a prime minister, then and they, you know, run things on this side of the pond, but they yeah, they're still they still have the queen on their money. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder uh, if they'll have the king soon. Sure, well, King Charles. Absolutely. Why didn't he change his name? You know, a lot of kings in history change their names to George or Henry or something. Oh, why didn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. Um, you know, that was his choice. When, um, in fact, it's kind of unusual because uh, his mother Elizabeth, she chose to keep her birth name. She was born Elizabeth, and then five other names and whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, her son Charles, he decided to follow after her example and keep. Char- King Charles the Third was his uh, moniker, but yeah, he could have changed his, his name. It, it is pretty common for the monarchy to change their names when they become king or queen, correct? It certainly is. Yeah, have they all in history done that, or is it? it it's uh, it, it's very common throughout history, um, especially with different uh, what would you call them clubs, orders, organizations. What's the main reason for it, and what do they, you know, when they change their name, is it something they just come up with off the cuff, or is it... I mean, it it's kind of a, um, a symbol of a, a rebirth. So when you enter this new chapter of your life, you get a new name. Uh, like, you know, Knights is a, is a great example. So they'll, they'll dub a person, I dub you, you know, the... You know, Sir Paul whatever, McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, the Earl of Sussex, or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, then the you know the the symbol of the sword actually was like they would smack you so that you would you know to injure you so you would always remember this uh, significant day. Um, you know, so now the the touching of the shoulders is all it is. But I, I guess once upon a time it was we would beat you over that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I find the the monarchy to be quite silly myself, mm-hmm. for especially for today's standards, because yeah. you know there was a certain point in time where they ruled the empire, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and now they're not much more than like the vice president of the United States. They're just kind yeah. of a figure there to yeah. to travel and do mm-hmm. what kiss babies and shit. I mean, yeah, exactly. there's really not a purpose to them as far as they're they're almost like a living relic, you know, like this, uh, like almost like the crown jewels, you know. They they've got like the crown jewels over in the Tower of London, 
And then over in Buckingham Palace, they have the royal family. <laughs> you know, so you can go and see both of these artifacts. Do you do you find it funny that they haven't that the people aren't just tired of it already? Some people are. I know, but for the most part, um, they're they're beloved. I mean, they, they are. It, well, it, it's part of what it, it's part of our identity, right? It's part of what makes us us, or rather, what part what uh, it's part of what makes. Um, a British person, a Brit, is that they are a subject to the crown. But don't you think you could look at that the other way, too, and say, I want to be a Brit, not a subject to the crown? You yeah. know, I mean, that, that's... Then you're Scottish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. It's so outdated and, uh -huh. and it, it has yeah. no meaning, really, anymore, other than... It, you well, know, yeah, I mean, here... Uh, we we have uh, Lee Greenwood that tells us that we are proud to be an American, where at least we know we're free. By the way, I absolutely hate that song. I know you do. That's and why I brought it up. I I don't like it. I, that and that one Neil Diamond song that they made. Oh, coming to America. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. that's a stupid piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Neil Diamond. I'm I talking about the song. I got another friend that hates that song. <laughs> I I just I'm. I love my country. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Sure. But I don't like being one of those uber patriotic people because that, that to me comes off as uh, what, it, uh, what uh, unsincere, insincere. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's just it's a the arrogance or the the haughtiness, the superiority complex. Well, and isn't that the point of our country, anyways? Yeah, the, I'm to, better than you just because of where I have. Well, no, I don't going. mean. I'm just saying the point of our country is that you're free and you're an individual and and. Mm -hmm. Well, unless it comes to certain things, you know, as yeah. far as politics. Unless you tick off someone that's ultra rich. Yeah. And then you'll find out just how quickly your freedom can be taken away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I find funniest about the current state of politics is, you know, you look at the right, the Republicans, they're all for personal freedom. Mm -hmm. Completely right. Oh, yeah. Unless it comes to certain things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we well, that's just is I uh, on the Republican side. I don't want to have to be paying for anything that's yours. If your house is on fire, I don't want to have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. If you don't have food on your table, I don't want to be feeding you. If you don't have a roof over your head, I don't want to buy you a house. You know, it's that, that kind but of But then talent. again, but you stop there. But if it becomes me. Oh, if it's me, if it's my house that's on fire. Well, that's what the fire department's for. Yeah, exactly. And I shouldn't have to pay for that because it, I pay taxes. Exactly. It, it's kind of like, you know, I find so many things, it's personal freedom. Well, except abortion, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you find these things that we need to leave these these laws up to the state. Well, exactly. Unless it's a law they don't agree with. And then, yeah. well, that should be a federal law. Mm -hmm. You know, and, yeah. and this, you know, I tend to, we've talked about this a number of times, I tend to identify with the Democrats and the liberals mm -hmm. more. Actually, the best way to say it is I used to. Yeah. I don't recognize them anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a party of a yeah. bunch of... It, it's gotten weird, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I, there, I'm sure there's good ones there. There's good well, ones on the Republican yeah. side and all that, you know, temp mm -hmm. just decent ones. But, you know, the Democrats with everything they brought with all the wokeness and everything is... Mm -hmm. It's... 
It kind of became a free-for-all. It did, and it's definitely a perfect example of the squeaky wheel gets the grease because you've got this small, small population trying to do all this. And I don't care who you love. I don't care what you dress up as. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit what bathroom you use. I really don't. Uh, Did we talk about this on the podcast, the solution to the bathroom issue? I, I can't remember. Uh, I may, well, it's going on the podcast now. Let's okay, do it. So our solution to the to what bathroom to use was get rid of all the bathrooms and just make us like instead of a, a a men's room that has two uh, stalls with toilets in them and then two urinals and a ladies' restroom that has three to- uh, toilet stalls. Well, just uh, take that same space. Put a line of individual locking doors, closets with toilets in each of them, and then have a common hand washing station that everybody can use on the outside. There's no need. To, well, there is, yeah. and here's the problem I have with that, Tyler. Okay. Is I like urinals. Yeah, and so well, let's put a urinal in each one. That's what, I'm fine with the urinal. I don't give yeah. a shit if you know. I mean, when I get to the yeah. urinal, mm-hmm. I don't just zip my pants down. I drop them right in my ankles and pull your shirt off. Yes. Yeah, like you pull a bus. So I'm naked from shoulder to ankle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and obviously so you, you can't, can't do see the flower dance. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you can't I'm see my dangler. Rose. You can't see my dangler but from behind because yeah. it doesn't hang low enough uh, past my taint to yeah. be seeing anything there. So yeah. every, everything's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not not offended in any way. But that's what I want to do because yeah. it's not like in our homes we don't have a male and a female bathroom. Right? Exactly. Why can't we share bathrooms? It's stupid, isn't it? It's not like when you go in the men's bathroom, you're over there looking at, well, most people. Well, yeah. You, well, the, you're still but, separated, but that's you know? The, that's kind of the weird thing, though, isn't it? Is we go into our bathrooms the way that they're set up, and there seems to be a gap <laughs> on either side of the door, whether it's the latch side or the hinge side. There's a gap. There is, And you yeah. make some awkward eye contact sometimes. You think, well, you know, the one thing I've noticed is when I'm in Las Vegas, all their bathrooms, especially in the nicer hotels, uh, there's some that are in, like, the Bellagio and the Mirage mm-hmm. and stuff like that, is you can't see a single thing through their doors. And their doors are from ceiling, ceiling to floor. floor. Nice. Yeah. You know, whereas you go in a grocery store or something like that, you're looking at people's feet. There's a four-inch gap in between the door. So you're washing your hands, and you look up in the mirror, and you Uh see somebody, and they're grunting. Yeah. Meanwhile, their three-year-old is poking up their underneath. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a very simple fix. Exactly. I mean, if you're concerned about, like, children being preyed upon in public restrooms... Well, maybe your children shouldn't be crawling under the bathroom stalls of well, a stranger. Yeah. And what, what's yeah. the difference about them being preyed upon in a male bathroom as opposed to a female? Yeah, as opposed bathroom. to a female bathroom. It's not like you know, uh, fem- it's not like all predators are males, especially as we found with, uh, you know, it seems like any time there's a teacher in the news, it's a female teacher with a male student. Yeah, I mean, if it's which a, to if me, it's a male teacher on a female student. You don't really hear about it. They're just straight to jail. Well, yeah, and that's (laughs) the thing is because, you know, if I was a 15-year-old boy and I hooked up with the hot 30-year-old teacher to me, Mm -hmm. that should be a straight pass. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, here's your man card. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, you're high-fiving your friends and stuff. I mean, that's an accomplishment, but you're right. Mm -hmm. The exact same thing opposite, 30-year-old male with a 15-year-old female. Mm -hmm. If he even thinks about it, he's going to prison. Absolutely. And Tell me that's not 
a little goofy Com- with our society. Complete double standard. It is. Yeah. And, you know, I heard, I don't even remember where I heard this the other day, getting back to the gender thing. Mm-hmm. They said, let's just settle it. Okay. Let's just dig them up. They said something about, we'll dig them up after they've been buried for 200 years, mm-hmm. and we'll let science decide if they're a man or a woman. That's right. And what do you think that's going to, what do you think it's going to say? That's going to be interesting. Yeah, because but, it's going to be one of two options. Yeah, because anything that people are trying to change is not going to be changed through the surgery, right? Or exactly. it's, And if it is changed through the surgery, I guess what I'm trying to say is if it's changed through the surgery, it's not going to be around in two Exactly. Years. It can't change your bone density. It can't change yeah. the way your hips are grown. It yeah. can't change the breast bones. Yeah, they say that like that's that. one of the big uh, indicators is the way, is the angle that the hip bone and the femur uh, go from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Be whatever you want. That's mm-hmm. none of my business. I don't yeah. give a shit. But sure. I'm one to straight say there is male and female and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a, a young lady that uh, works with me, and she is a young lady. Um, she identifies as such. She also identifies as a lesbian. I know this because every dang conversation that she has uh, that I can hear going on behind me while I'm at work is around her sexuality, a, a topic I've never really discussed with people myself at work. Have you told her that you're a lesbian as well? No, I haven't told her. Well, I, I haven't. I've thought about turning around saying, just so you know, I'm a heterosexual male. Cis, cis, you see, yeah, and that's, yeah. the, I, I get your point. That's what you're talking about is when it, when you're, you know, they, them, or you're mm-hmm. homosexual in one way or another. Yeah, it's my, like my pronouns are he and him. Yeah. Yes. It needs to be known. Right. right. And, and it's <laughs> like, it's okay to talk about it now. Yeah. Which, okay, that's fine. I don't care. But it was never really okay to talk about it. You talk about that kind of stuff with your buddies or whatever, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I've also never caused much of a fuss about it. So it, it, it nobody really has. No. That, that's the problem. Yeah. But you know what we ought to do? Go to a break. I think we, we ought to we we talk about this off the air. Let's yeah. pay for this son of a bitch. Thank you. If you haven't heard about Anchor, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download this free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't even know how to come back from our commercial into this next segment. Um, Cause well, how, how about we do it this way? Okay. You know how we were talking about the British and the monarchy and yeah. everything like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of brings us to our topic tonight, right? It really does. Today, tonight, yeah. this evening, whenever you're listening to us. And we're going to try the best that we can to integrate Jim Morrison here. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know that we will be able to, but we're going to try it. Yeah, and I, I don't see Jim Morrison having a lot to do with this one because, of course, what we're talking about tonight mm-hmm. is music-related. So I yeah. guess that's where Jim Morrison does have something to do with it. really hard to shoehorn him in here. But <laughs> this isn't the Jim Morrison episode. 
but it's coming. We're maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to a little bit of it tonight. Yeah. We'll we'll see. But of course, what we're talking about tonight is something very important to music, rock and roll history, especially right. in the '60s, and that is the British Invasion, mm-hmm. which was obviously led by my favorite band of all time, yep. the Beatles. Oh, I, and the Who, and the Kings. They were part of it, and oh, and uh, her. Herman's Hermits. Herman's Hermits. Yeah. yeah. Jerry and the Pacemakers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rolling Stones. The Sweet. The Animals. Uh-huh. The Zombies. Them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, you know, I guess that ties us in. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, that, that gives you a lot of people. But, you know, obviously it was started by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where it all starts. Yeah. And, you know... Back in England, they mm-hmm. fell in love with the rock and roll mm-hmm. of the 40s and 50s, and especially yeah. of the black music, you know? Yeah. But that That's kind of where rock, not kind of, that's where rock and roll stemmed from, yeah. you know? But mm-hmm. obviously, like with the Beatles uh, being a good example, you know, they were into Little Richard and Elvis Presley and, mm-hmm. you know, all these, all these white, mm-hmm. well, I say all these white, yeah. Artists, that wasn't Little Richard, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know, here in America in the fifties, they could they had started with you know bringing the the black music mm-hmm. into mainstream, yeah, you know, rock and roll, and which grew out of uh, the jazz and the juke joints, and uh, it was just kind of a more upbeat version of jazz, right? Well, yeah. blues, yeah, jazz and blues. There's you know, some mix there, and it, it became yeah. very popular in England. And uh, mm-hmm. with their own flair on it, obviously, with skiffle and, uh, you know, mod styles and, yeah. and things like that. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, the Beatles are the first ones to bring it to America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, along with the British invasion, I think a lot of people forget. I mean, you look at all these bands. A big one I forgot was Led Zeppelin. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know, you look at all the bands from the 60s, mm-hmm. and the biggest portion of them are British bands, Yeah, the big bands. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some, you know, for the longest time, you know, obviously, when we talk about Jim Morrison, that's what we're bringing in, and The Doors, they were one of the most popular American bands. But when you really start listing American bands off, you had The Doors, you had The Grateful mm-hmm. Dead, you had yeah. Janis Joplin, Big Brother, and The Holding Company, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And The Beach Boys. Beach Boys, yeah. number one, and mm-hmm. obviously the Beatles took a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of that from the Beach Boys as well. You sure. know, I mean, I think where the Beatles did an excellent job was they took the old black blues music, the skiffle music, mod music, the beach music, and all that stuff, and they made it into their own. You know, yeah. plus what was going on in in London and Liverpool and stuff at the time. You know, mm-hmm. and. But I think what I was going to say is what people forget, you know, I think most people that are into music know what the British invasion is. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing they forget is how much it brought over, not just music. It brought fashion and yeah. style and mm-hmm. uh, TV programs yeah. and everything but food. Because, you know, because well, their food, food sucks. Yeah, British food is not great. <laughs> yeah, my parents, I've never been there. I know you have. My yeah, parents have been there twice and they yeah. said, all they ever had was um, fish and chips is a, a good uh, contribution. Well, my parents said everywhere in England that they went, they would have um, God, what's it called? Shepherd's pie. Yeah. They said they had shepherd's pie like every night. Uh-huh. 
Oh, that's good. You know, that which uh, is basically ground up mutton um, in with mixed with vegetables in a sauce or gravy, uh, and then mashed potatoes spread over the top. But if I mean, don't know what shepherd's pie is, but you're an idiot. Yeah, my yeah. my mother used to make shepherd's pie, mm-hmm. you know, an Americanized version, which yeah, is which ground beef and. Uh, mixed vegetables, tomato sauce. Yeah, it, kind of a goulash type of shit yeah, with exactly. mashed potatoes and cheese on top. You yeah. know, I mean, mm-hmm. you make that anything you want. But yeah, the the food was the one thing that didn't hit big. But the symbolism, you know, seeing the the British flag and everything, mm-hmm. it, it became a big thing here. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, mini skirts, mm-hmm. the most popular invention yeah. as far as I'm concerned ever. Yeah, and the world started to revolve around London and around and around England again. You know, in a world where people were starting to uh, branch out and declare their independence from the empire, this was a really interesting conundrum where you got people starting to go back to it and wear the British flag. And, you know, uh, they, they got caught up in the fashion styles, the music, and, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think I agree because I think the British invasion, mm-hmm. when it's referred to as just music, it, like I said, it's more than music. It was yeah. style. It was mm-hmm. fashion. It was it, a lot of things, you yeah. know, but I think that revitalized Britain in a way to put them where they are today. You know, I mean, yeah. even when these groups and, you know, did invade and took mm-hmm. over the United States, they were still Britain's groups and something yeah. for them to be mm-hmm. proud of. Kind of like we used to be of with, automobiles you yeah know, for like, sure. not mm-hmm. that we are anymore but no, well, you know the, the muscle car era well yeah. just and everything you look at all the inventions you know computers and, yeah. and i mean i name hundreds of inventions in fact i was looking at some of the um number some of the most popular inventions of the 40s 50s and 60s and everything was invented in the united states mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of we were the true superpower mm-hmm. But now nothing is here. Yeah. You know, it's kind of sad in a way, you know. True. It's just changed into something new. Well, you know, the the television was developed in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, The automobile. Automobile, yeah. Uh, The airplane that's been argued on both sides, but, you know, uh, the telephone's another one. Mm-hmm. Where, the, where the French... Well, how about the, electricity? Exactly. Yeah, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, pretty, pretty important. Yeah. But the last thing... Uh, let's see. Say cell phones. Cell phones... I don't think that's a, uh, the internet. I don't think these are uh, American inventions. I believe, these are, uh, I believe the internet is. I believe it? it was invented by the military. It was invented yeah. by the military. Well, or Al Gore, whoever you want to okay. talk to. But... I, I, I mean, he was in the military. No, he he wasn't. Okay, <laughs> he was there to change some latrines out and things like that. But yeah, who but, knows? I, I mean, I I don't know for sure, mm-hmm. but I I thought the first use of like email and internet was mm-hmm. in the U.S. military, but I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Okay, we could fact check that, but what fun would that be? Yeah, exactly. I mean, both of us are sitting here with a with a little cell phone in our hand that has a. a infinite amounts of information but we're not going to we're, well because a lot of times that information when you reach out for it mm-hmm. you got to get it on the google anyways and yeah and then, then you got to determine if it's true or if it's fake yeah exactly so it would be easier if we just make shit up yeah and we say this is how it is 
my dad invented the internet. That's right. And and prove me wrong because yeah. he was around before it was. So tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if you wanted to have us just read off the Wikipedia page from the British invasion, then you'd just listen to me. But you don't oh, want to just listen to me. That's the that's yeah. the direction you're taking tonight. No, but you anybody can go and read the Wikipedia page. True. But that you, that's why we're here with uh, Justin, because somebody that actually knows a little bit more about it and that's lived it. Yeah. Exactly. And we, we've been through yeah. that before, so it's not really mm-hmm. worth revisiting. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it really, you can look at it build up like a pressure pot for a long mm-hmm. time. And the Beatles, you know, had seen big bands in England that have basically taken over England, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come to America and just flop. Yeah. And so the Beatles thing was they made a deal that they were not going to come to America until they had a number one hit in America. And, you know, it kind of all come together at one time because the country was obviously in mourning Mm -hmm. and really dark days after the assassination of President Kennedy, right? Yeah. Um, November of 63. Yeah. Well, the Beatles basically started getting radio play in December of 63 and, and had a couple things go on where they were introduced to the American public. And it really, I mean, it's a long story, but it just caught on like wildfire and I want to hold your hand, which wasn't their first number one, but was their first number one and first release single here in the States. Oh. That was the biggest thing. And they ended up coming over. They arrived here on February 7th of 1964. And like I said, I think it was, it was new. It was fresh. I mean, all the people that met him at the airport, I mean, it, they were a big thing before yeah. they'd done anything. You know, yeah. they'd had one single. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of these people knew what was in future for this band, you yeah. know, and how big they would be. And uh, we, we spoke about uh, British Beatlemania before, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where it stemmed out of, is you had a bunch of these fans who had i mean they had a number one hit so yeah. people loved them already and then they came here and then rather than the more reserved and subdued uh what quiet dignity of the british uh isles they came out to the western hemisphere and they found that we're a little bit more boisterous and outspoken with expressing our adoration <laughs> and yeah yeah girls were going nuts over them and, you know, girls and guys, because, hey, they're having a great time because, you know, guys, hey, the, the girls are having a great time dancing with the music. The guys are having a great time singing the songs to the girls as well. As well, so. well, you know, where they where they um, arrived on February 7th, the, the biggest thing was when they, February 9th is when they played their first night on the Ed Sullivan show, which I think something like 30 million people watched, which yeah. was huge. Uh-huh. And they were off to the races. Yeah, and nobody had seen anything like this before. No, the, the I mean, response was electric. Yeah, because it was a it was a new thing. It was rock and roll like they had never seen, but in a in a fast, upbeat, fun way. You know, the Beatles were dressed nice. You know, yeah. in their suits and boots, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, you know, it was hard. And their short haircuts. It was. It was 
hard for anyone not to like them, you know, even mm-hmm. even adults, you know. Yeah, at the because time. they were still clean cut and, and clean shaven. Yeah. They were sharp dressers. Yeah, so, I mean, it was amazing. And all this did, you know, this whole time, this melting pot of musicians in England was growing. Especially, you know, there were some big bands out of Liverpool, which the Beatles were out of. Mm-hmm. But really, the Beatles and Jerry and the Pacemakers are kind of the biggest ones to make it out of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. London was, you know, really yeah. kind of the second hit where you had the Rolling Stones, you had Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you had the Who, you had the Animals, you had yeah. you had the Zombies. Um, Benny and the Jets. <laughs> well, close. I'm, I'm You're sure. way off. Yeah. Way, way to try to help in there, Ty. The Kinks. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yardbirds yeah. were a huge one. You know, Herman and the Hermits. I, I hate... Mrs. Brown, you have yeah. a lovely Mrs. daughter. Mrs. Brown, you have a lovely daughter. Dude, it totally sounds like he's doing a voice. Thing. I cannot stand <laughs> him. Uh-huh. You know who Herman is. He's, um, God, what's his name? Why am I... Why, I don't know, but my father-in-law loves that song. Why am I... Well, he's, he's passed, but... Why am I slipping a That blank. was his favorite song. He'd listen to that song. Well, if we want to turn it back to something about okay. Jim Morris and The Doors, uh-huh. in the movie The Doors... Okay. There's a part in the first where they're playing a club, you know, before they've um, become known. And a, mu- a music pr- producer or whatever goes up to Jim Morrison and says, you really need to drop these other guys and, you know, do whatever. And, oh, da, 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 da. and then the guy, the other guy, the music producer says, that's some, they've been playing Break On Through. And mm-hmm. they said, that's pretty good, but it's kind of dark. You need to play some music like. Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. You know, and they tell him that. So it makes me think of that every time I hear the song. But other than that, I hate it. And by the way, his name's Peter Noon. Peter Noon. Oh, okay. And that's Herman of Herman's Hermits. And and another thing it reminds me of in the Beatles um, anthology there at the Shea Stadium Mm -hmm. um, concert, and they interview a little girl, stupid-ass little girl. She says, do you think the Beatles will be around long? She says, no, I, I think there's other bands better than them. And, and he says, well, who do you think's better and more popular than them? And she says, Herman and the Hermits is much better than the Beatles. So see, that stupid bitch. I don't, I, and I can call her bitch because she's not a little girl anymore. She just oh, was then. Yeah, she's old enough to be your mom. Now right? she's an old yeah. bitch. Yeah. And she was stupid. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but yeah. I mean, do, mm-hmm. do you think the Herman's Hermits have sold one, one hundredth the amount of albums as the Beatles? I won't even let you guess. No. One one hundredth. No, probably one one. I'd go one one thousand. Well, and Peter Noon, his fake little accent that's, I know mm-hmm. it's real, but it just bugs me. He's a douchebag. So. Well, he sounds like he's doing a voice. Yeah, can we. I don't know. I can't even yeah. emulate it. But anyways, let's go to the bands that really matter because okay. yeah, we're wasting way too much airtime on yes. Peter Noon. Obviously, the Beatles, the biggest band to come over. Okay. But if you look at the impact, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, yeah, The Who, mm-hmm. The Kinks, which are, it, it's kind of sad because some of these bands were just as big as others back then. But for some reason, as times went by, mm-hmm. they haven't aged they as faded, well. Right? It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you could look, you could say, okay... Led Zeppelin and the Who are still big, big. Yeah. The Kinks aren't as well known to a lot of people, but at the time, they were, you know, arguably, yeah, up there with the Who, up there with Led Zeppelin and stuff. But in as far as hits and the amount of music they were putting out, but if, for some reason, certain things just don't 
ages well. I, it, yeah. There's a lot of bands like that. There's a couple American bands um, that are like that as well. Um, mm -hmm. Not even American bands, but I should say bands from the 60s and 70s. Ten Years After is a good band mm -hmm. um, that was right up there with everybody in the charts and everything like that. But for some reason, as time went by, and I don't know if it was because they didn't have a well, well-known lead man that ended up dying suddenly of a drug overdose or mm -hmm. something horrible happened. Cause that obviously, yeah, it makes big news and brings it to attention. Right? Yeah. And I mean, it martyrs them, right? Yeah. It martyrs that person in the band. And it's like breaking the guitar at the end of the concert. Kind of, Yeah, you know, I mean the who, they've still Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend are still touring, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Keith Moon, the drummer died a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, their bass player, John, he died in a Las Vegas hotel room in the nineties. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and they were fairly well known, but teenage wasteland. Bob O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, I would say the who are probably my third or fourth favorite band. I mean, mm -hmm. definitely Beatles, the doors, and then most mm -hmm. likely the who. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy the kinks, and I even enjoy some of the stone stuff. Everybody's got his own kinks. Everybody has them. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it really opened the floodgate yeah. for that style coming out of England, right? Mm -hmm. And mean, then the monkeys happened. Yeah, and the monkeys, that's another thing. They're an American band. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know why we're talking about them, but they, they are dude. They were a bunch of session musicians that were put together not as a joke, but put together to make the show. Yeah, to make the show. So they, they had to have some talent. Yeah, they but yeah, they know, were talented and, musicians. But enough to perform with some with with a headliner, right? Yeah, yeah, and they blew everybody out of the water because Mickey Dolans, who sang most of the songs, mm -hmm. um, he started writing songs and they became pretty <laughs> popular, you know. And yeah, kind of an interesting phenomenon with that too. Yeah. And they're they're always always overlooked, but they've got some very very underrated music mm -hmm. you know that the people don't look at all the time yeah. you know and so it would have been interesting to see you know the yardbirds are another good example that they've had a lot of um they were made of session musicians and stuff um jimmy page the guitarist for led zeppelin eric clapton was in the yardbirds yeah um number of guys i believe steven steels from crosby stills and nash was in the yardbirds they've had a lot of players in there and mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of how led zeppelin was started mm -hmm. led zeppelin was started by a bunch of session musicians and if you know what session musicians are they're they're essentially musicians for the record company that yeah, that just their job is to hang around the studio yeah when a singer comes in and says i want to you know record an album well who's going to play the music yeah, and that's where you know session musicians come from. Well, Led Zeppelin was made up of session musicians, mm -hmm. and Jimmy Page, who is you know the lead guitar player, writes most of the music for Led Zeppelin. When they decided to put that together, and they had that idea, and they come to him, he says, "Well, God, that'll go over like a Led Zeppelin." Yeah, exactly. And they're mm -hmm. therefore you know Led Zeppelin, you know, because yeah. a Led a Zeppelin built out of lead would have a hard yeah. time mm -hmm. flying. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the idea being that, well, okay, if you take a bunch of... Because none of these guys are, like, big headliners themselves. No. They can play They can play, and they can play well. You have to be able to play well if you're going to be a, a session musician. But none of them are part of a band. None. Of, they're just there in case uh, somebody comes in that the 
record uh, label decides, hey, this person has a future. We need to have some music to back him up. So play this uh, riff in order to back this lead singer up. Yeah, and that's where Led Zeppelin's by far the most successful. You know, I mean, a lot of times bands are put together by friends and acquaintances and things like that to get together Mm -hmm. and share similar interests and things like that and grow up together. This is just put together by a bunch of guys that didn't know each other and it... Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, but they could all play, and then they got to playing together, and you know that their whole thing. And that's kind of the, the, the weird phenomenon about it is that also session musicians have to be able to adapt because every singer, every other musician that they're playing with is going to have a different style. So they got to be able to kind of mirror that style on the fly. Often, well, I think I think with Led Zeppelin, you know, um, Robert Plant, the lead singer, had the voice for it, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Page. Was an amazing, is an amazing guitar player. Yeah. Um, was, you know, wrote all the songs, Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows that one. Um, John Bonham mm-hmm. was their drummer, and he's considered one of the best drummers of all time, along yeah. with Keith Moon of The Who. Yeah. Um, you know, John Paul Jones was their bass player. And John Paul Jones, kind of funny name, huh? That's a great name. But <laughs> they, arguably by a lot of people believe they are the best hard rock band of all time and Mm -hmm. started hard rock because they definitely are. If you want to compare them to say the stones or the Beatles or something, they are something different. Yeah. There's a a much more intense uh, intensity about it. Well, it's definitely a heavier blues, you know, and and you get some of that with the who as well. Um, The who, (laughs) you know, I've always loved the who. And they have got such a different, you know, from their rock operas to their hard-hitting songs. to they've, they've got such a different style, you know. I mean, they're one of those bands that it would be really hard to play a bunch of songs and say, this is the Who, you know. And, and I, that's from the Beatles, too. You look at the mm-hmm. Beatles style from yeah. every album. They were just constantly creating change and something yeah, new. And recreating you know? themselves. Yeah, it, it is amazing. But, you know, the impact of this music, you know, you look at these bands, you know, starting with the Beatles and the Stones and Led Zeppelin and the Who and the Kinks and even Jerry and the Pacemakers and I'm, I'm trying, the Animals, mm-hmm. the Zombies, all these bands. Yeah. It, you know, most people may not have heard of, you know, Everybody's heard of Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, or probably the Who. Mm-hmm. Um, Stones, obviously, people know who they are. But a lot of these other bands, like the Animals and the Zombies, Jerry and the Pacemakers, the Kinks, a lot of people don't know who they are, but they probably know their songs. They do. And they had a huge impact as well. And it's it really was a British invasion because mm-hmm. we got taken over by them, and American music took a back seat. Yeah. You know, the Beach Boys were still making beach music mm-hmm. and it i think so, the kids were kind of tired of it a little yeah, bit exactly so they kind of they kept their little what a niche uh, is, i don't know they, they, they kept a certain audience they did and, and but, they did end yeah. up changing it up too mm-hmm. when they made pet sounds was mm-hmm. you know landmark album yeah um come out right before sergeant peppers pet mm-hmm. sounds and sergeant peppers in a lot of circles are considered the two greatest albums of the 60s if not of all time yeah and um just because of the innovation 
both the Beatles and the Beach Boys had done in the sound and in the music and in the, it was more of a studio recording than a live rock and roll play. You know, there was a lot of, you know, Sergeant Peppers is, at least at that time, you couldn't recreate it on stage, right? It was yeah. all made mm-hmm. in in the studio with yeah. certain sounds and things that just, I mean, now you could recreate it because of all the technology, but at the time you couldn't. And pet sounds was the same way. Like if you listen to probably their most famous song, beach boys, mm-hmm. good vibrations, mm-hmm. it's got some harmonies and some different things in it that was really tough to perform on stage. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. And that's how that whole pet sounds album is. And the same with Sergeant Peppers, but, I mean, as far as American music, American bands, you know, the Doors were a big one. I would say the Grateful Dead, but they weren't really that commercially successful. Yeah. They had more of an underground following. There weren't a lot of big American bands at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a few, but not a lot. Yeah. Not until the 70s did you see groups like the Eagles and Boston and, you know, when you get late 70s, like Foreigner and 38 Special and all these bands that started becoming really popular, you know. I mean, there, there was a number of them, but the Brits owned us, man. And, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it, too. Yeah. This was the time, and, you know, we loved the Brits. Um, you know, and maybe it's because we had a president that recently got assassinated, and so we kind of went... Uh, Go running home to mommy. I think I, that has nothing to do with it at all. No, I don't think it does. But but I, I, I get I'm what glad you're I sa- threw it out there. Well, I get what you're saying because you're going post <laughs> post post World War Two, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. and for 10, 15 years there, it was just great, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The country was on fire, and yeah. I mean that by Eisenhower had just built the highway system that connected coast to coast, and you know that we no longer had people traveling by horse and carriage that was the end of that it was the car or nothing else well and yeah. it, that's when everything started coming to mm-hmm. coming to be you know all yeah. the cars were coming in mm-hmm. i mean that was becoming a huge thing and then this music hit from from britain and it was really the biggest thing it ever yeah. been and it's like it one was, after another these groups hit yeah coming in and it was just like it was a time to love to really fall in love with being in living in a modern moment it, it really yeah. was i mean it was a huge change and i i don't think we've seen anything like it mm-hmm. um maybe something similar happened when all the mu- the grunge music come out of seattle in the 90s you know mm-hmm. you had obviously an alternative Obama. came about yeah because yeah, people were tired of the hair band music in mm-hmm. the yeah you know poison rap motley crew yeah. those guys you know and I think you see that happen all the time, right? You yeah. know, you, you see something become big and obviously everybody emulates it and mm-hmm. you get, you know, a handful of yeah. awesome, awesome groups and you get a handful of kind of subpar groups. Then you yeah. get 20 handfuls of people trying to do the same thing. And then everybody finally just says, we're tired of this. Yeah. So the modern equivalent is K-pop. K-pop. Well. And yeah. So thank you, Korea, for... Um, bringing that sense. I'm not. I'm not even going to recognize that. You're welcome. <laughs> but anyway, stop <laughs> talking about that coming out of Seattle. You know, in the mid '90s, uh-huh. people were tired of the happy-go-lucky. Yeah. You know, bit, rock yeah. and roll music with the hairspray uh-huh. and the makeup, and yeah. so we went to the flannel shirt and the uh-huh. grungy hair and stuff, and yeah. you, you got 
Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot more gritty of a sound. It was, yeah. and it and it it grew into you know something else, and uh, you know it was considered something else. But it's it's really funny now because if you listen to say a classic rock station, mm-hmm. you can hear the Beatles. Yeah, you can hear the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You'll hear Poison and Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue. It smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, and you'll hear Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And it's just yeah. like, okay, everything is now, even though it was so different, each one was a step of change in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Now we're lumping it all. Okay, this is just classic rock. Yeah. Really? You know? Oh, uh, man, that's offensive. It, but you wouldn't have, you, <laughs> but what, yeah, what else are you going to do? You that? couldn't have went back to the mid-90s. You're not going to find a station playing Paradise City by the um, Guns N' Roses yeah. and Smells Like Teen Spirit. It, yeah. They were two On completely different genres, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, but now it's it's commonplace. Yeah. You know? it, it's, it's a really strange thing. So let's, uh, let's take another break. Let's and do it. We'll wrap it up in the next one. Sounds good. Yeah. Hey, listener, this is Ty from About What Podcast. If you've been listening to us, you know that Justin is a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you yourself are a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you've just purchased yourself a brand new Trans Am that you want to get all fixed up. Or maybe you've got yourself an old Chevelle, uh, maybe an old Chevy pickup that needs to restoration. Whatever it is that you've got, why don't you head over to joltparts.com that's Justin's website. See what uh, parts he's got for your restoration, modification, customization. He's into all kinds of stuff. And if you are a listener to this podcast, and I'm assuming you are if you're hearing this, um, you get an offer of 10% off any purchase of $100 or more at checkout. Just use the promo code about what. That's all one, uh, lowercase letters about what. And Justin will give you 10% off your first order of uh, parts from joltparts.com. So turn your clunker into a classic and uh, fix up your brand new Trans Am, um, GM, uh, Pontiac, Mopar, Chrysler, uh, whatever it is you got. Go take a look. Okay, we're back. Yes, we are. So thank you for that from our uh, sponsor this week, whoever it may be. Yeah. Probably the same as last week. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for supporting our show. And, um, yeah, please support our sponsors because they're the ones that pay the bills. Exactly. And we do have some new sponsors coming on shortly. We do. We do. Are you asking? You're asking, aren't you? That was a question. We do. <laughs> we do. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we've got a couple new ones. All right. So I guess I didn't make you aware of that. That I'm just thrilled. <laughs> well, especially because you're going to be the one recording them. Yes, so so. <laughs> so it'll be awesome. All right. But yeah, you know, getting back to the British invasion, you know, it was, like we've said, it was so much more than music. And, you know, you even s- still see remnants of it today. You know, when you see like the Mini Coopers and stuff with the with the British flag on them and things like that. Oh, you yeah, know, all I, that stemmed from the British invasion. It really did, you know, and uh, and things like Julie Andrews. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. She, she stemmed out of the British invasion. She did. Um, the Man from UNCLE, uh, or, you know, there was a bunch of uh, TV shows that came out. Well, that were based off well of you look at, like, yeah. a lot of things, like Monty mm-hmm. Python. Yeah. You know, this kind of stuff. And, and the comedy uh, 
uh, shows. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy variety shows. You know, they're, I, I guess I should say, you know, their television, their music, and those mm-hmm. things weren't really welcome here. Mm-mm. I shouldn't say weren't welcome here, but we they, didn't intermingle. It wasn't well, a, a thing, no. you know. Until we had a rising generation of teenagers, and it had to be teenagers, because those are the ones who are still impressionable enough, developing enough, that they can wrap their minds around us so that they can grasp the, uh, they can grasp a different culture and start to understand it. You know, when it, when I think to the bands that come over in this British invasion, and obviously you know what I think of the Beatles, but if you look at the Beatles and you look at the Stones mm-hmm. and you look at Led Zeppelin and you look at the Who, those four bands, okay, it, there was hundreds, literally hundreds of others that stemmed out of the British invasion, but those four bands arguably, are the four biggest bands mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. In this invasion, they were the generals. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is they still are. Yeah. There's very are. few bands. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I like The Who, The Who's probably one tier below the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. Led's Up, and, and the Beatles. As far as commercial success and things like that, they were a little... Yeah. I, they had plenty of commercial success, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they've got... Broadway shows based on their um, rock operas and things like that. I mean, they're a huge band. Yeah. But I'd consider maybe a tear down. But if you look at the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, especially, those are, this isn't even arguably, those are the two biggest bands of all time. Yeah. If you want to look at popularity, you want to look at album sales, you want to look at merchandise sales, mm-hmm. and pure uh, chart toppers chart toppers yeah. i mean the beatles still own that yeah by a long shot over mm-hmm. everyone yeah uh, rolling stones in a distant second mm-hmm. and no one even close after that yeah and i mean and they're completely different because you look at the beatles everything they did they did in a seven eight year period of time mm-hmm. all their music all their releases right yeah the rolling stones have been together for 60 years yeah and, and they're, they're still, still touring <laughs> yeah you know and they're still releasing music albeit mm-hmm. it's not popular like it used to be and i i don't know why that happens with bands it seems like mm-hmm. bands in their infancy you know when they're when they're just young guys and stuff that it seems like that stuff hits more hard it yeah. makes me wonder if let's say the stones one of their newer albums they've created how that would have hit in their heyday because now I mean, it's similar to the Beach Boys. When you go and see the Beach Boys now, you're going to hear a group of hits, right? Yeah, that's what you're going to hit. They're, uh-huh. they're not they're not focused on making music anymore. No, and uh, you're going to get at least one of the original Beach Boys performing. Yeah, uh, sometimes you get two. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to think. It. These guys have been around sixty years because a couple of these guys only look thirty years old. Yeah, that's because they are. True. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it's not even an arguable situation whether you like them or not, but the Beatles and Stones are the two biggest rock and roll, two b- biggest music groups, yeah. music acts, music mm-hmm. anything of yeah. all time. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. whether you agree or not, that's based on, I mean, yeah. if you base it on everything, music, memorabilia, you know, impact, everything. It's yeah, I mean, when it comes to the debate... There's a lot of uh, evidence to back up that argument. Yeah, I mean, in, to me, it's not even really a debate because it's... Mm-hmm. No, because, well, the, 
because there's so much evidence. Yeah. I mean, yeah, somebody may prefer another band. I mean, I myself am partial to the Spice Girls. But, um, you know. They were a late British they, they invasion. Were very, yeah, they were a, a, re, uh, a rejuvenation of it. Kind of the way they started doing Woodstock again in the 90s, where they tried to revive it. Yeah. Um, they invaded. And, uh, but it all, I don't think their music's going to hold up quite as long. No. Oh, wait, I think it's already gone, oh, isn't yeah. it? Well, name a song that's not uh, that... If you want to be my lover, <laughs> that was the one I was going to name. So, so, so it's the only song that's not it's the only one. goddamn song I know. Exactly. So yeah, that's kind and of. And I don't even really know that song. Right. No. Um, let's see. Pr- presently, we have Adele from across the pond, but yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like anymore. It's, no, we don't have like it, that that big thing, do we? Well, no, but I think nowadays with the way social media is prevalent and the just the way everything's prevalent mm-hmm. at the touch yeah. of a hat you know mm-hmm. it doesn't matter anymore no. it can't happen that way anymore because you know when you look at the british invasion when it happened these bands had been playing since the late 50s for four or five years this music scene had been growing based on american music in a way with their own spin and flair right yeah and now that can't happen because if anybody does anything it doesn't matter if they're in Britain or Zimbabwe, you're yeah. going to hear it on YouTube or uh-huh. wherever, and it's either going to be hit or it's not. It's exactly. not like you're going to have a hidden band mm-hmm. in some country that's just amazing. Because if they're chart topping in that country, we're going to hear it. Yeah. You know, Which and just how Justin Bieber came to be. Yeah, exactly. A YouTube phenomenon that people thought he was adorable, and now uh, we can't get rid of him. Yeah, and I can't name anything he sings either. I don't know what that dang song. He has a song named Mistletoe. Well, I, I believe, to me, he seems like he mm-hmm. probably sings with the skin flute quite often. Yes, it seems like it. Yeah, but I could I be wrong. I think he's a born-again Christian, though, now. I don't really give that, a shit. That, that's kind of his thing. Is he, he kind of like, well, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, we're wasting time. Okay. Well, I can tell you this much. If that's what he is, that makes him even less important to me. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely not an invasion from the north. He was a phenomenon, sure, but yeah, but he's, he's not a, the Beatles. But he's a phenomenon that in thirty years, mm-hmm. I don't think it. You know, when I talked about those bands that were big, but now people don't remember them. Mm-hmm. They were big in the time. You know, yeah, you look at ten years after and the Kinks and all these bands, mm-hmm. they were just as big as say the Stones. But for yeah. some reason, they didn't stand the test of time. And mm-hmm. I think you, it's like the Spice Girls. How big were the Spice Girls? Exactly. They were big. Oh yeah, the they time. were everywhere. Mm-hmm. But when Certain music, and this is my opinion, but I think Mm -hmm. it's backed up by what happens. Mm -hmm. Certain music doesn't have substance. Yeah. And when it doesn't have substance, Mm -hmm. when it's just a quick phenomenon with no substance based on it, then... We're looking at you, Megan Trainor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not remembered. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's a a big flash in the pan, no big deal. And that's where you get the groups like... Like what the Beatles and the Who and Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin and the Stones did is they come over with a sound, but they continually, mm-hmm. continually build on that sound and change, and that's what's kept them relevant. Yeah, I mean, why why are bands from the early '60s mm-hmm. still more relevant than certain acts that were out just recently? That's part of the that's part of the interesting uh, thing about it is that. Is there something about the 
the music that was played? Is there something about the writing of the lyrics? What is it about this that makes uh, these these hits by the Beatles or the Rolling Stones still like garner so much love from us today? Uh, as much love today as it did back then. I I, th- I really think it's originality and substance. Yeah. Um, I think when it's a flash-in-the-pan dance song that CC and the Chocolate Factory or whatever the hell that band was called. What were they called? I can't remember. uh, Well, CC and the Dance Factory. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the Dance Factory. That's the one. I can't remember their names. but What what was their song? Are you talking about the... Free my mind. Oh. The rest will follow. Something like that. I don't know. I was thinking, you spin me right round, baby. Well, that too. But see, that's my point, you know. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, be happy. Oh, yeah. Songs like that, they're funny, and they're huge. Mm -hmm. And then 10 minutes later, nobody gives a shit. But that's the thing. It's like anybody that, like, goes back to the 80s, Bobby Darren, like, he he spoke to that generation. You know, when, when he wrote, Don't Worry, Be Happy... He was kind of the the version of Bob Marley that you could introduce to your parents, even if they were racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but, it, but it had no substance. But when we no, talk, when we talk about substance, you know, a lot of early Beach Boys songs that are just, mm-hmm. you know, surfing USA mm-hmm. or, or whatever, they have no substance no. for the most part. But they're still fun. And, and, and I guess that's what's fun. That, that's what... That's what it contributes. Is it's something fun to listen. To. But I think it's fun, but not over the top goofy. Because to no. me, like a "Don't worry, be happy" yeah. is goofy. Yeah, and it's funny at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, what's his name, William Hung or whatever she yeah. bangs. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's good for a laugh. Uh-huh. But ten minutes later, who gives a shit? Exactly. Who, you know, we're using references from the early two thousands. You know, kids today, I'm sure your sons have no idea who no. William Hunt was. No, and they never will. Yeah, they, you know that's when you get to these bands that it was hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, they were funny, but after yeah. you know, after ten ten minutes, mm-hmm. you know, how many of those kind of songs can you release? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like okay, there's no anything in this. You know, yeah. I mean, you look at the Beatles, mm-hmm. October fourth. Of 1962. So just two days ago was the 60th anniversary of them releasing their very first single in England, which was Love Me Do. Oh. Uh, Funny enough, that exact day was the first day, I I may be wrong on the movie, but was the first James Bond movie, Dr. No. Oh, really? It was released the exact same day as the uh, Beatles' first single. Okay. I think it was Dr. No. I'm not... But the James Bond franchise, that was another aspect of it. Yep. That, yeah, that exactly. really took over the world. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, you look at James Bond, I mean, yeah, and Monty so this, Python, yeah, we talked about. It, it's part of this perfect storm that happened where all the, and that's what the British Invasion is all about, is all of these different things. Like you had the music, you had the macho Sean Connery, the first. Well, yeah, I mean, it was song. definitely kicked yeah. off by the Beatles and the music, right? Yeah, for sure. But then when you start getting the actors and the movies yeah. and mm-hmm. the TV shows and the. Yeah, Sound of Music started to be a thing. Exactly. Doctor, uh, no, the, uh, My Fair Lady. 
um, some of these uh, other uh, Broadway shows. Well, and you go far, like yeah. we talked about the miniskirts, you talked about the hairstyles, like yeah. on um, Twiggy, you know, she yeah. had the little pixie hairstyle and it had become popular, you yeah. know. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was everything from about 63 to probably 67. Mm -hmm. Those three yeah. or four years right mm -hmm. there. I mean, set everything up. So even everything in America that come after that, mm -hmm. I mean, when we talk about the doors, yeah, I think why the doors were so popular, not to mention the fact that they were an American band, which helped, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of a breath of fresh air for people to see, okay, we finally got a good American band here, but they weren't poppy and hey yeah. she loves you yeah yeah they weren't that they no. were dark they were very dark you yeah. know and mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of the yin and the yang we get with mm -hmm. things is you can't have so much of something you know and but that's kind of where you know both the beatles and the stones did an excellent job because you know i know the beatles through mm -hmm. and through and if you go from album to album they're different groups yeah the music's different it went from early just mm -hmm rock and roll to yeah. experimental to mm -hmm. kind of lsd infused music to yeah. and then back to straight out rock they, and roll there's definitely bridges that they cross in order to get across the chasms because you're right they're very different and there's no connection between them except for this bridge where okay we're gonna redo we're gonna redo ourselves we're gonna try something new well, you see these Beatles albums on I the see, wall. Yeah, right? they have a, a whole poster of every Beatles album. Right there. Thirteen Beatles albums basically mm -hmm. recorded. Now we're not talking about the American albums because there was this whole issue where in America they released they didn't release the same albums in America yeah. as they did in Britain, which was really really confusing. Yeah, um, but and, EMI and in Britain. Cheating, I think. Well, yeah, as you, as you look at these albums that the Beatles mm -hmm. made, these thirteen. Up until Sgt. Pepper's, uh -huh. so the first seven albums, ex they existed in America, but they were different. They had different songs on them, different, they arranged them different. It was something that Capitol Records did mm -hmm. different. It was really goofy. But then starting with Sgt. Pepper's, going forward, all the albums were the same. Mm -hmm. You know, down to Let It Be, which was uh -huh. their last album. Yeah, last album released, not last album mm -hmm. recorded. These other ones are um, compilations that were yeah. made later. But, mm -hmm. um, anyways, I think if I was to pick any of those out, you know, it seems like every two albums they reinvented themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, and then hitting Sergeant, you know, Rubber Soul and Revolver. Yeah, they went amazing on those. Are probably my two favorite albums. Mm -hmm. But then Sgt. Pepper's was completely different. And, yeah. you know, the Stones did the same thing. Led Zeppelin kind of did the same thing. So I think reinventing themselves with substance and a lot of trial and error. And well, you can see that in the style, even on, in the artwork of, yeah. of the albums, that there's a change. Like when you get to Sgt. Pepper, like those two, Sgt. Pepper, what's the next one over there? On, on the next row down. Magical Mystery Magical Tour. Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. Very similar style. But very different from the from Revolver. Those those two albums, mm -hmm. uh, Sgt. Pepper's Magical Mystery Tour, very similar. That was kind of in the Beatles so-called yeah. flower. The, yeah, they're big, flashy, flowery. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. That was during the Summer of Love and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So, and then then you have a huge change with their next album, mm -hmm. the White Album. Yeah. Nothing on it. You know, mm -hmm. it was just self-titled The Beatles, but it's yeah. called The White Album because yeah. it's white. And it was back to kind of 
regular rock and roll. It didn't have mm-hmm. none of those songs on the album couldn't be played live. Yeah. Right. And I think all these bands that continue to reinvent themselves. I mean, how many times let's look at Adele. Okay. Yeah. I know what Adele sounds like and mm-hmm. she's got some decent songs, you know? Yeah. But what is she doing different? She's kind of the same Adele, isn't she? Yeah. She just sings a song. Right. right? And, She's an amazing yeah. singer, has an amazing right. voice. She's got her style. It's, you know, what, uh, real uh, raspy and uh, kind of scratchy sound to it. Yeah. You know, but it's it's very distinct. Yeah, it's but it's no Janis Joplin. No. It's it, not Janis Joplin. And she's an amazing singer. Yeah. But there's millions of amazing singers in this world. There's millions of amazing yeah. musicians, but you've got to have something different. And that's what written give to us and i i can't imagine my life everything you know because you don't find someone any more american when it comes to cars yeah than me you know i mm-hmm. love the american car i love yeah. the american way of life mm-hmm. i but 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 your uh your gto your pontiac gto will have a beatles album playing in it or possibly the doors okay or Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not too picky. Those, I mean, you know me. Yeah. I've got the Beatles. I got the Doors. I got Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I got the Who. Yeah. I got. I love the Stones, and I even mm-hmm. love some of the new music. I, mm-hmm. I, I love Seether. Yeah, you know that. You know, yes, and, you and, but I, I just, I'm into artists that like to reinvent themselves and do something different. You know, because there's certain artists you hear, and you hear their next album, and you know that's them. Yeah. You know, even if you're not a huge fan, you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's yeah. what they sound like. Exactly. You know, and to me, that's mm-hmm. kind of the the problem with, say, country music. Mm-hmm. Is they it, don't have a distinct sound. No, it's all the same. I, yeah. I, and I don't yeah. respect a lot of them because mm-hmm. a lot of them, most of them in the country world. And this is maybe something different from mm-hmm. the, British, the British Invasion, too, is mm-hmm. a lot of those guys were writing their own music, mm-hmm. which wasn't. Funny enough, wasn't a very common thing back then. Yeah, they had music writers that would write music for musicians. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. they do it, you know. But they're playing all their own instruments. Mm-hmm. They're writing their own music, and we can even get deeper into it. You know, there were certain things on the guitar that the British invented that the people weren't doing on the guitar before that. And so you talk about how amazing Jimi Hendrix is. Mm-hmm. Well, he lifted a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm from those British musicians. In fact, you know, even though Jimi Hendrix was from Seattle, Mm -hmm. he grew up, I shouldn't say grow up, but during his phase of becoming a Mm -hmm. serious musician, it was all in London. Mm -hmm. So he, he was semi British invasion too. He was an American, but with British style. Yeah. With British style. It's it's kind of like somebody who's Oxford educated. Yeah. Probably similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that we're sitting here talking about it, and I like all these bands, and I'm not the only person, Mm -hmm. but these bands are all just as big or bigger than any of the musical acts now. But I I don't know. I'm a little Mm -hmm. turned off by today's music, and, uh, you know, you look at the music awards, and there's no rock and roll. There's no anything. But I think it's going to take a switch back. I think it has to. Because people are getting tired of the same old, same old poppy yeah. bullshit. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so the the death of, or, or I, I wouldn't say the, the death, but kind of the fading, the end of it, maybe the wrapping up of the British invasion, uh, 
Do you remember what spurred that on? I don't. I don't really think there was a wrapping up, or I mean, we're still talking about it, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of these bands are as prevalent as ever. So, yeah, I don't know if there was ever a wrapping up. I, mm-hmm. I think what happened was these bands started hitting huge, like we spoke about, mm-hmm. and I think they started inspiring other bands. You know, like mm-hmm. we talked about the Eagles, Thirty Eight Special, yeah. Foreigner, mm-hmm. REO Speedwagon, all these bands that yeah. cut Deep Purple. Yeah, all these bands that really most Deep Purple wasn't, but a lot of these other mm-hmm. bands were American bands that took influences from these guys and mm-hmm. then started playing, yeah, rock and roll in the early to mid '70s because it kind of took a weird trippy thing there for a while. And LSD was uh, our friend and our enemy. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think once the Beatles broke up in the early '70s, things things changed, you know, and. New music has to sprout out of that. And we had some good, just straight rock and roll. Yeah. You know, there was no quig to it. There was no, you know, kaleidoscope uh, mirror put on it. And it Mm -hmm. just was good on rock and roll. And that turned into... Disco happened. Well, yeah, then disco. (laughs) But I think think in uh, knee-jerk reflex Mm -hmm. to that was all your, your bands like... Judas Priest, and you you started mm-hmm. seeing the Metallicas and the, yeah. you know the little the heavier stuff coming yeah. in the eighties, and and so you you get a lot of that, and spurred out of that you get all the hair bands which mm-hmm. were huge. I mean yeah. when when Poison and Def Leppard and all mm-hmm. those guys Rat and yeah. all those guys were on fire. Winger, know. Winger, yeah, good sheriff, <laughs> sheriff. That's one I wouldn't have named, but. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Someone has you know, Motley Crue and all that, Cinderella, that kind of uh-huh. stuff was big. And then Guns N' Roses kind of took it a step further. They were kind of a hair band, but they were grungier. Yeah. You know, but then after that kind of spoiled out, that's when, you know, like we talked, the grunge movement out of Seattle hit. And everybody's like, we're sick of this shit, you know. And yeah. Here you go. And that... That went into the grunge, and the grunge actually kind of went for a while, and it formed into um, new metal, mm-hmm. which a lot of that was like your Kid Rock and Linkin Park and those kind of guys that did a lot of rapping to metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so and then that eventually kind of went away, and you kind of have the post-grunge, which mm-hmm. people consider Seether as a post-grunge, you know. I, I look at it kind of all as music, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I play the guitar. And so I'm looking at starting from the Beach Boys and the Beatles all the way up to Cedar and some mm-hmm. of these things. And, you know, they're all based on chord patterns. They're all based on, you know, a certain, you know, 4-4 mm-hmm. four, four beat or yeah. whatever the beat is. Mm-hmm. And if you know how to play three chords, you can start a band. You really can. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think... You don't even have to be able to keep a beat. No. But fact, see, you, can't keep a beat. you know, the funny thing is, is... I really think the bands of the 80s, the Poisons and Def Leppards, and the grunge bands of the 90s, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, I think those bands are going to hold up a lot longer than even what these new music groups like Rihanna and yeah. Beyonce and those kind of things are. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, keep in mind, I'm the old guy that, oh, yeah. we don't need that shit, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel. Yeah, but even so, think about it objectively. Well, that's what I try yeah. and do. But I definitely have that, that, that but, this shit yeah. nowadays, you know. R- Rihanna, you know, loves diamonds. There's no yeah. secret about that. Um, 
sings by him in all of her songs. But, um, yeah, don't see her still being adored the way the Beatles are adored still. And they're not even together anymore. You know, well, they haven't been for 30 years, 40 years. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. 40 years. Yeah. 40 plus years. Exactly. It's been 42 years. Yeah. And yeah, Sir Paul McCartney, he's doing his thing. Um, you know, he's, let's see, I guess Ringo's still alive. <laughs> Ringo and Paul are the yeah. only two Beatles still alive. And I don't know what Ringo's doing. I'm sure that he's, you know, playing drums. My, my, uh, He's still touring with his uh, Ringo Starr and the All-Star Band. He tours with the All-Star Band mm-hmm. and has some famous people from other groups like mm-hmm. Joe Walsh from the Eagles and from James Gang. It has, I can't, Colin something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Men at Work. Is it mm-hmm. Men at Work? Yeah, I think so. Who sings uh, Land Down Under? Yeah, Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's from there. I know he's got some different guys in the All-Star Band. I always, where I like the Who and the Beatles, it was always funny because the Who's drummer mm-hmm. and bass player are dead. But the Beatles, bass player and drummer, are still alive. So really, you could uh, get a the I, two. <laughs> I really want to put them together and whether the Who and the Beatles, I want to call them the Hoodles. The Hoodles. Yeah, and I thought that would have been a good name, mm-hmm. but um, my fan letter was never returned That's with my idea. Can't be able to broker that. Uh, well, I think it's because I suggested I be thrust into the position too as the new lead well, singer. I mean, come on, give the man his due. Yeah, you co- came up with the idea. Well, yeah. So I didn't want to call it just the Hoodles. I wanted to call it Justin and the Hoodles. Yeah, Justin and the Hoodles, and you get to be part of the band. They said it sounded too much like Hootie and the Blowfish. All right, well, Hootie and the Blowfish will not still be listened to in 30 years. Whereas, I don't think they're still listened to now, No, Tyler. exactly. They're not still listened to now. I only want to be with you. The Hoodles, that will still be... Wasn't that their song? Years. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, all I do. that's the only one I know. Because yeah. he sings country now. Oh, he, uh, what's his one name? One with everybody else. Yeah, what? Yeah, Black Cowboy. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Lil Nas X. What's his name? Which one? The lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I just know he's Hootie. Hmm. Hootie? I know. Oh. He he made the jump over to country music. Uh, the lead singer of Stained. Mm-hmm. Aaron, uh, God, what's his name? Aaron. Aaron Lewis. Oh. He was singing heavy rock, and he decided he was a country singer. So he just... Switched into a pair of boots, and all of a sudden, his voice go like that. All of a sudden, again, yeah. he got a little bit of a twang. I was going down on my horse the other night. Mm-hmm. Well, it was driving the tractor. Yeah. Yeah. If you can sing about a tractor. And, and my wife. Yeah. And, and getting drunk with bear. Yeah, bear, tractors, horses, goats, yeah. and sheep, which you will learn about soon this week. That's right. I'm going to be learning about sheep in two days. So we've got... That's one thing you got to uh, report back next week is mm-hmm. how the Velcro gloves actually work. Yeah. Um, sweatpants, things like that, because yeah. I want to know. Mm-hmm. But think up on. we'll be That's back with large. another topic next yeah. week. I don't know if it'll be. I yeah, we, did, we didn't We did do justice. I mean, I know we brought in a little bit of Jim Morrison. This was not the Jim Morrison episode. We promise we're going to do it. We're going to get there. Yeah, yeah, we tried to get into Jim Morrison, but. 
this was a perfect time to do it because, hey, you know, it's the British invasion, and this was, you know, a time where there was a lot of bands popping up, and The Doors was one of them, and it was a significant one, but it's just there's too much to talk about with Jim Morrison, so we'll do him justice, we promise. We're getting there. It'll be yeah. a two-episode. Is yeah, that an episode? Yeah, because you can't. He just can't do it with one. Okay, folks. It's time to go. Reach us at about pod, about what pod at gmail.com. Follow us Instagram about what pod, and we're out.